Welcome to the Celibate Vegan Voices, the CBV code. I am Monique Lukens, and I'm back with my former co-host, Chandler Klebs. Thank you so much for joining us, Chandler, when uh, Michael is somewhere special, and we'll get into that in just a while, Michael McGamwell, the new co-host. And hopefully all three of us will be speaking soon, but for now, it's you and me. Yeah, hello everybody. I'm the original co-host, Chandler Klebs. <laughs> and it's been a long time since I've been able to do a show with Monique. Several uh, circumstances out of my control have prevented me from doing the, the shows and the podcasts like I used to do. I used to be very active with podcasts. But now, because of busyness and technological uh, difficulties, I'm kind of out of, out of the loop here. I can't keep up. But I just want to tell everybody that one of these days when I have my own apartment, once I've got the technology set up, I've got the time scheduled, man, I'll be back in business. (laughs) And we really are considering to make this at least a, a partial business. You know, Chandler and I do this as a public service, and we are not paid. But quite frankly, we feel and have always felt that if there's so many things out there that really don't contribute that much to society and get lots of uh, clicks and money going their way, that I think that this show deserves it too because uh, that's how the world revolves around uh, money. And, you know, it's up to people like us and like you who are listening to make it such that the economy uh, offers, offers con- you know, compensation to those who are doing good as well. So hopefully in, in the future we'll be able to get some monetary uh, recognition our way. Yeah, I know what you mean, Monique. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because it seems that all of the things that are really big money makers – are things that are immoral. It's weird how that works, isn't it? Well, it is, Sandler. And, you know, myself, I'm a spiritual person. I, you know, I, I'm Christian-based, born, born and raised Catholic. I believe a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Hinduism. You know, I take the good positive parts out of uh, religions, um, you know, other than my, my home base. Uh, I know that you're an atheist, but um, just wanted to bring up the fact that people, and I know you've heard this, people say, oh, the devil's behind money. The, the money is the root of all evil. And, um, you know, I don't, con- I don't necessarily feel that that's the truth in all cases, but if you go back to that saying, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of is. It, it manipulates people. It it makes people from allowing corruption to continue. You know, why do you think so many whistleblowers are so afraid? They're afraid of being retaliated upon, even in this day and age. You know, all the people that have kept silent in the Me Too movement, um, why do you think that they were afraid? Well, personal retaliation or economic retaliation. And, yes, as far as products go, uh, I I mean, something simple. Um, I think that, soda will make more money and it'll rot your teeth than something that is more like 
nutritious, like organic grapefruit juice, because in, there's there's chemicals in soda and like, you know, the nice pretty colors and the sugar and, you know, and, and this gets people going and it's just, it's, it's really sad. So yes, I, I mean, it takes people like us to change the world and it's, it's ever so slow though, Chandler. It's ever so slow. It is funny how that happens, Chandler. Yeah, it sure is. And yeah, it's very interesting, and also about what you mentioned about how people say that money is the root of all evil, I thought it might be worth mentioning that this, you might find this interesting, but the Bible doesn't actually say that. Some people think the Bible says it, but actually it says the love of money is the root of all evil, and there is a huge difference. There is, absolutely, absolutely, and... Uh... I believe in this current administration that we're in, there is a love of money because there are so many things that are being just, um, you know, we're going backwards. You know, the environmental protections that that protect us. I mean, we're, we're creatures. We need to breathe. We need clean water. You know, these regulations that are being taken away just because, uh, you know, companies can produce more, you know, and but but be dirtier. This is this is ridiculous, and I would call that the love of money instead of the love of humankind. But just before we continue onward, the title of this show, the topic is a yearly wrap up for the lives and the show of. Chandler Klebs, and Monique Lukens, because we're not completely at the end of the year, but uh, today we are celebrating the first day of autumn while we're recording this, and we only have a few months more to go until 2019. Can you believe it? So there's going to be a lot of topics that are, a lot of subtopics that are discussed today. And, um, well, the first one you know, Chandler, you mentioned why you had to step away from the show. But I do think that we need to uh, point at the pink elephant in the room. And there's nothing wrong with pink elephants, by the way, because we're vegan and we would love that kind of creature too, right, Chandler? <laughs> I, and I like pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, oh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a red heifer um, later on and how that uh, – that's causing a, an uproar in the vegan community, at least as far as my, in my book. But colored animals, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chandler and I unfortunately had a falling out, and we're talking again. But I think that everyone should know this. It's important because you know it does have to. It does have to do with the celibate issue. Basically, I was going to um, an early flight uh, quite a while ago, and to save money, I was walking to the bus station at, like, not bus station, bus stop at 5.15 in the morning. By the way, um, Los Angeles has the cleanest fleet of public transportation running on natural gas, although I wish that it was electric because that's more clean natural gas gas still has pollutants and why am i talking about this on a celibate vegan show because it's all interrelated remember celibacy is dealing with uh 
being free of intercourse because there are so many consequences from that, even in marriage. But, you know, to be celibate, you're aiming to be as pure as possible. And this is not because we want to put our noses up in the air and we're snobs and we're, oh, we're so pristine. But the fact of the matter is we do want to be as pure as possible because that has an effect on our body, mind, and soul. You know, actually what is, you know, being pristine is good as long as you're not snobby about it. Being, being um, you know, compassionate to your body That's a good thing because that means, you know, God forbid there's not going to be any accidents in your life. But, you know, the the more you treat your body better, your body will treat you better. I mean, there's so many things out there that we want to combat against um, those things that are going to give us a negative life quality. So I say be as pure as possible and... um, you know, enjoy as much of your life as possible. Now, so back to what happened was at that time of day, you know, it's still nighttime, and I had less than a half of a mile to walk, but there's not that many lights around, um, you know, or people or cars. So I wanted to see if I could get somebody on the line with me just to comfort me uh, and, you know, obviously if something happened, I would call 911, but at least that person would be on the line and relatively know where I, where I was. And so I was putting my feelers out to people that were up at that time, you know, people on other time frames because I'm in the Pacific Coast. And I had known Chandler gets up early, super early. And he's in a different time zone. Um, And so basically, I thought he knew about it and was choosing to play uh, video games. (laughs) And that really hurt me. And so when I confronted him, he took it the wrong way. And then we didn't speak. Yeah, if if you don't mind me jumping in, Monique. See, it was just a big misunderstanding is what, what it really was. See... First of all, you know, I mean, because I wasn't online, and then I got online, um, but I didn't, I didn't actually check my email when I got online. I just thought, well, you know what, I, I have a little bit of time. I, I'm going to finish this project on this game that I was working on. But the thing is, it, uh, it was on Jamie's Minecraft server, so then Jamie, uh, he messages me on there, and he says, like, Monique's really, really up, uh, upset and emailed you. And I'm like, oh, I better see what that's And by that time, like, you were really all upset, and you thought I was ignoring you, and that wasn't what was going on. But then what happened is because of the way you were reacting, and, you know, and it wasn't a good time for me. I mean, it was it was in the morning, and it was not long before I went was going to work. It didn't strike me well, so then I got really stressed out about it. And then my mom saw me getting stressed out about it, and then she got mad at you. And it's it's just a weird, it's complicated. But there's a lot of stuff that was going on. But all that is just to say that, you know what, I'm past it now. It's not a big deal. The, The main thing is that regardless of how we may feel about each other, I mean, we have uh, important issues that we do agree on, and that's the most important thing to me. You still there? 
Yes, Chandler, yes. And the reason I'm bringing this up, too, is because there is so much sexual assault in this world. It is just so sad. And, you know, as a celibate, um, I truly, you know, I, I'm really cautious. I mean, it shouldn't, that shouldn't happen to someone who's a prostitute, as far as I am concerned. But, you know, I would have to say that on the whole, someone who value, really values, um, you know, keeping away from sexual relations, like, one is going to be even more um, vigilant, okay? I mean, I'm not saying that a prostitute isn't, you know, being careful as well, but... I mean, let, let's, let's, and you know, and I feel bad because a lot of prostitutes, they got into that business because they came from abusive families, you know, and, and a lot of times they were sexually abused themselves. Hey, and Lord, I just what? noticed something. This phone that I've had with me for a while looks like the battery's going going down. It's it's beeping. What I may be able to do though is I may be able to grab the other phone because we have more than one phone and, uh-huh. and and then put this on the charger. I'm gonna see if I can do that because otherwise it's gonna cut me off. So that's not good. Okay, no problem. So we are going to actually uh, stop this recording, and this will be part one of our show. Very easy to digest, actually. <laughs> and then our part two, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of all the different um, issues for the positive and the negative, but hopefully more positive. Hey, hey Monique, it's okay. Uh, I, I was able to switch to the other phone. I can still hear you. We don't have to stop the recording just yet if you don't want to. Okay. Well, great. Well, let's finish what happened then. And and as far, and me talking about, you know, prostitutes because it's very important that we bring them up because, you know, um there are, there are people that would feel that we would be discriminating to say that um someone, you know, who's a prostitute uh, wants to do it. Some of them do and some of them don't. See, some of them, again, they were sexually abused and that's how they get into it. Um, in fact, a lot of promiscuous people, they were sexually abused and that's why they do it because they kind of feel like, I mean, it's already been done to them, so what's the difference, okay? And I've realized that some of those people are actually angry at people that promote celibacy because they never had the opportunity. They never had the chance. Their virginity, um, you know, they didn't get to give their virginity to someone they love or keep it, you know? So, but the fact of the matter is, even if one has been abused, our show, you know, we welcome you, okay? We both have had some issues, and, I, you know, there's a whole show of how I have been harassed. Um, I've experienced um, sexual battery, and you might as well say I have been sexually assaulted, not not with, you know, my clothes were on, but the fact of the matter is 
I forgot this. See, your mind wants you to forget it. I remember one time I was in um, I was in the audience of parade watchers in New York City for the St. Patrick's Day parade. This was back, I think, in the late 90s. And all of a sudden, I felt a body, a part, you know, bumping into me and my backside, you know, like a male organ. And I turned around, and there was this big guy. He was a black guy. And I, I, I screamed at him. I said, and I don't like to use the F word. And you know, in episode 13, Chandler, we, we say, what does the F, the F word really mean? But I was so angry. I mean, that's what he was trying to do with my clothes on. I said, what the F are you doing? Stop. And he, he like disappeared. Like it was so crowded, but he, you know, he ran through the crowd. I mean, he made his way. And I was just thinking about that a couple of days ago. And that like, that really gets me angry. So yes, you could call that an assault because the definition of a sexual assault is at any time that you are touched in the private areas. Okay. And a sexual battery would be, um, would be like, parts that aren't private parts, but you're like, you're touched or because you've, you know, they're trying to do something to you. I might be wrong, but as far as I understand, that's how it is. I, I'm going to have to look into it. Do, do you know the definition, Chandler, or is it specific genital to genital contact um, without the clothes? I, I don't think so because Kavan Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, they're saying sexual assault you know, she never experienced any, any like, genital-to-genital contact without her clothes off. You know, this, this accusation is he was trying to get her clothes off and putting his hand over her mouth when she was screaming to stop. So I think it's important, Chandler, that, that we, you know, because there is so much of this out there, ladies and gentlemen, um, and again, bringing that back to celibacy, even if something like this has happened to you, um, you know, you you really are you, you really are celibate in my book. If that's the way you've always thought, you know, just because someone violates you does not make you less pure or less good or less celibate, because it's your it's your intention. You know, it's you, you, it's your personality, it's your spirit, it's your attitude, you know. You, people can't help it if they've been victimized, which we want to call sur survivors, thrivers. Um, but, yeah, Chandler, do you know the legal terms? Or? Well, I don't know the legal term, but I, there's a lot of things that I would still call sexual assault, even if it doesn't involve genital to genital stuff you know what I mean? Yes. So, anyway, um, yeah, so, but back to, yeah, I, I was really scared, and, and there was some, there was a, he looked like a, a transient, a vagrant, and he was, like, looking at me while I was going by, and I pretended that I was talking on the phone, so, you know, that's always a little trick, or make it such that someone is close to you, you know, in case you're ever 
in a situation like that, you got to use your noggin. But um, <clears throat> I thought that um, I thought that you knew Chandler and you didn't, and so I apologize for that. But um, yeah, since you brought up your family member, I was really um, I was really disappointed at that too because. Um, you know, she's female, and I thought that she would understand that more, but I guess different people have different awarenesses, and um, she saw how upset you were, so she probably didn't really know what was going on. And um, and then yeah. I, I was supposed to meet Chandler. I was going to visit my co-host, and then that all fell through because of this and it took quite a while for us to um, to talk again. And then Chandler put up something again. And we we got to talk about this, Chandler. That this is like the soap opera of things. Maybe people are really in, interested. But um, you had put up a video saying that you can't help it if Monique gets raped. And I thought that that was really just upsetting because, like, the thing is, no one can help it if anything happens to anyone, really. But we can, like, do our best to be a community of people that looks out for one another, um, celibate or not. But especially if you're on the same, like, wavelength. And, you know, I mean, you've stuck up for me. I've stuck up for you in the past. And that just, like, really hurt me. And I thought it was dangerous. And one of your friends, um, thankfully, uh, Paul will mention him because he did a really good thing, Pafo Ortiz, he spoke to you and uh, it was removed. And I thank you for that. Um, and and that's what happened. So, you know, we, want, we all want to think good thoughts of one another, but we all hear the news and we know what's going on. And there's a lot of spiritual people that I speak to and, they're, then, and they say, oh, only think positive thoughts, only talk, talk about positive things. Yes, and I agree with that because there is something called the law of attraction. If you keep talking about something, a lot of times, like, the energy springs back on you and we're going to get on – we're going to get involved on – we're going to talk about that later on, too, because both of us have some health issues. But um, but basically, regardless of the law of attraction, there, there are realities of this world. And you can't, you can't say it's always the law of attraction because there's, like, things that happen to babies, and babies don't wish things to happen to them. Babies aren't really thinking about things, you know. And then sometimes people say, oh, it's karma. You want some, you know, in, in, your, in your past life or, you know, before you were born, you decided that you wanted this to happen to you. Uh, who's to say? I mean, who is to say? But as far as I'm concerned, uh, nobody really wants, like, things to happen to them, especially the innocent. So, I can't, you know, I can't fully say that that's like the truth, but there is positive and negative energy around us, and we should try to focus on the positive, but we have to be aware of the negative. I mean, there's consequences to having sexual intercourse, and especially in an assault. So we have to talk about these things. Am I making sense, Chandler, to you? Yeah, you're making perfect sense, Monique. And, you know, I just want to say, you know, 
it's really it's really frustrating because um, I, I, now I tend to be a negative person, and a lot of people criticize me for being negative, being such a pessimist. Yeah. And yet I tend to think that's because I have a realistic picture of the world. And and let and let me tell you something, Monique. My, the reason I am am vegan and the reason I am celibate is precisely because I have the guts to look at the ugly truth in the face and yes. say, this is wrong, and I want yes. to fight against it. Whereas people who have this, you know, let's just think positive thoughts, well, guess what? They're just going to let injustice go by even if they could do something about it just because they want to think all positive and happy, and those kinds of people don't get anything done. <laughs> well, I, you know, I tend to agree with you. Uh, well, they can get things done, but a lot of times they they don't really help the way that they could help because they don't want to get involved because they don't want any negativity. They just want to wish it away. Um, and things aren't really wished away all the time. You know, time heals some wounds, but not all wounds. So I wouldn't say that time heals all wounds is accurate because if it was, then the whole Me Too movement wouldn't be happening right now. Okay, Kavanaugh's accuser, this was 36 years ago, and I can empathize with her because I just told you what happened to me, and that was in the 90s, and I remembered that. And I and I certainly remember what happened to me when I was working as a server at the Philly Diner and some cook from Columbia, whether or not he was legal or not. And I'm sorry, you know, we need to talk about the hard things with this immigration thing. We can't just allow everybody to be in here because the fact is there's not, there's not nice people. And whether it comes from the culture of being more patriarchal, you know, or being in gangs, the thing is, we have to make sure that people are, are, are looking out for other people. And that's not to say that there is not uh, vetted Americans, U.S. citizens, that aren't bad, too. But it's the fact is, you know, if they do something, hopefully they're going to go to prison and or be rehabilitated in some other way. So, you know, I don't agree with just making – um, people that are doing negative things, giving them sanctuary. So, you know, if that doesn't make me popular, so be it. I have no idea if this person was or not, but I remember my manager, he was Greece, Greek, and I don't know. I, I think he probably was legal in the country because he was part of the family but uh, uh, that owned the diner, but he laughed at me, you know, and there again, you know, he was coming from a patriarchal, climate, uh, you know, men in Greece, um, I don't know how it is now, but, you know, there's certain cultures of men, and I'm half Italian, and I'll tell you, a lot of Italian men, the older ones, horribly patriarchal, where, you know, I mean, just look at the mob and how, and, and how they ran wild with selling alcohol, drugs, raping, uh, you know, pillaging, you know, I mean, come on, we look at if anyone's watched The Sopranos, <laughs> which I was a background actor in, and trust me, I wasn't very comfortable after the last time I was there. One of the background actors asked if I would um, work 
as a, a masseuse because he was going to open up a massage parlor and the girls were all going to be naked. I, I, you know, and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to like make waves and whatnot. And I was just like, so I really didn't know how to react to that. But, you know, again, that was a long time ago. And I remember these things that are said to me or done to me and it doesn't feel good. So no, you can't just wish things away. <laughs> I, I believe that closure is good. And that's why I've told you, you know, you, you've had like a few issues in the past and I've told you, get closure. I mean, both of us are compassionate people and we don't really want the other person to have to suffer. But the fact of the matter is we've suffered because of the other person. And I do feel that closure is very important. You know, sometimes people aren't thinking correctly. They haven't been raised right. Um, you know, in this case with Kavanaugh, seems like he was intoxicated. It was a party culture. Maybe he was just having fun. Maybe it was just all horseplay, as they're trying to say that it was. You know, I mean, guys tackle guys all the time. You know, I mean, but like, I don't know, the fact that he was trying to take her clothes off and, you know, putting his, his hand over her mouth kind of seems to me like he was trying to do some damage. And, um, and that's why, you know, I, I don't really sport bars or nightclubs anymore because I don't really know who's in there, you know. I used to sing at different places and I, I would have people like say different things and like act certain ways and I don't like it. I love performing, but what I don't like is being around people that are morally um, non-inhibited because they've been drinking or they've been like, you know, taking something. So it's a shame. It's really, it, it really like took me out of the music business because of how people have behaved. I know I'm going on a little bit, um, Chandler, longer than I wanted to, but oh, I yeah. really... And, and that's the thing is, I mean, I don't know how much longer I can actually stay with you on this show or not, oh. so I was hoping to be able to say a few things of my own, too, here. Go ahead. Yeah, the floor well, is it's very interesting. Yeah, but see, the thing is, I, I think, um, like, we've talked about this issue People make a big deal about asexuality and celibacy, and they and because we happen to be both, then mm -hmm. they keep trying to tell us that asexuality and celibacy are not the same thing. And I know that. And yet, here's the thing: is that I my mission is kind of that I want people to realize that people like you and I are not celibate just because we're not interested in sex, although that would be enough reason right in and of itself. Yes. But I want people to understand there is a moral component to this because if there was no moral component to this, sure, we might be asexual, but we, we still might get in. We might, like, I mean, you could totally have an asexual person who's in the porn industry if if they if they did it because they wanted to make money that way, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. And yeah. so that's 
that's why it's so important for people to understand that, yes, we know that celibacy and asexuality are not the same thing, and we're actually not promoting asexuality, we're actually promoting celibacy. Do you not agree with that? I totally agree with that. And, you know, I used to not give names because I want to, I mean, I, I really don't want to make waves and I want to keep, like, situations private, but since it's out there on, on the net, on the Facebook group, I had an issue today where I was just saying that, um, oh, you know, let's not use the F word because, you know, we don't do the F activity. It was kind of a joke, but kind of the truth, you, you know. I, I, and the thing is, like, I started getting, like, attacked. Oh, asexuality and celibacy are two different things. And someone was saying that, oh, you're being, like, extreme. And this, this channeler was on the group called Romantic Asexual Singles. Okay. Now I would think that one would, to me, romantic is not just flinging the F word around. I mean, call me old fashioned, but I'm sure you even know this. Romance is not saying I want to F you or F you, right? I mean, this is not what maidens and gentlemen did back in the day. I mean, women were treated like, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was always rape around, there was always things around, but women were put more on a higher status back in the day. I mean, I'm sure you've read about this, right? Well, actually, no. Um, I actually don't really know what happened in the past because history has always been my most hated subject. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about it. Like, we have the kings and the queens and the princesses and you know, the fairy tales and, you know, Cinderella and putting oh, yeah. the glass on her gently. That's what I mean. You know, no one was saying to Cinderella, F you, you know, next, you know, or I want to F you. I mean, romance was like dancing at the ball, you know, or a gentle kiss, you know. It wasn't this crass kind of language. So when I, when I look at a group that's called romantic asexual singles, I just didn't think that people would react like that. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post if, if I don't get banned from the group because I've been banned from asexual groups in the past for mentioning celibacy. I, I mean, they've said really up, upsetting things to me, like they want to hurt me for some reason. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this on there, and I'll say exactly when they can listen to it. And, you know, they'll either be upset with me or they'll understand where I'm coming from. I, I don't want to insult anyone. You know, I'm, I don't want to put anyone down. If people are having sexual relations, so be it. I'm not saying that they're evil people, but I really don't feel it's the way. I mean, we have, we have like over 30 episodes now. This is like, this is episode 31. And I believe that I've, you know, we, we both mentioned why celibacy is, is a logical, in my case, spiritual practice. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and see, the thing is, um, yeah, it, it's very weird, but what, what you mentioned, like, you know, about, like, you know, the, like the kings and the princesses and stuff, then I do sort of know what you're talking about, because after all, I am kind of into fantasy stuff. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. I'm into, like, video games, cartoons, 
and my favorite things are princesses and ponies. <laughs> I'm just that way. Like I just, I just, I just love all the, you know, the fairy tales in, involving, you know, these princesses and involving these, you know, magical horses. And that. so I totally get what you mean. And of course, my my idea of my idea of good entertainment is like a cartoon that's G-rated, like My Little Pony or something of that nature. And it's like, for me, it's just so unbelievable to think um, that, like, pe- people talking about, you know, effing people, it's so contrary to anything that I would ever, ever think of or say, and I just can't understand it. Well, I totally agree with you, and I don't think it's respectful, and I think that, you know, people that are asexual who complain about being discriminated against, you know, they're doing the same thing to a person that brings up celibacy or mentions to them that the F word really has a violent um, a, a violent definition behind it, even if you're saying, ah, oh, F, you know, or, you know, oh, this is F and you know, not good. I know that people aren't thinking of it in a sexual manner, but it still has that, like, that negative root to it. And going back to what we were saying before, you know, it is better to think, like, positively than negatively. But at the same time, what you and I were talking about, it's, you know, it's different. It's kind of like apples and oranges. We want to present reality. We have to know. We have to tell people. We can't just wish things away. You know, intelligent people a lot of times are negative because they are more aware. Larry King said, the, the smarter I get, the more negative I get. He said something like that. Larry King, he used to be a reporter on um, or a talk show host on CNN. And I think that that's the truth. I, there needs to be a happy balance, of course, because if you're always going towards the negative, then that actually interferes with your health, and, um, you know, it does impact other people. I, I get it. It's just that I don't think that people should be hiding things because, um, because they think that it's not positive, because that's what's happened with the Me Too movement, apparently, you know, there's been so much festering of people being disappointed, being violated and stuff, and that's why it's, like, exploded. And, and, you know, I mean, if if it really didn't matter to this woman, this Kavanaugh woman, 36 years later, she wouldn't have written a note. But it, it it did matter to her. You know, and I'm sure that there were people that were like, okay, well, it's over now. And, you know, it's like, so, yeah, so that's what I want to have to say. Um, you, you were talking about uh, your health, too, if you wanted to uh, get to that, because we were talking about how both of us are celibate and vegan, and yet we've been having some health issues, so I guess no one can escape. But you were saying something that was very profound. Uh, yeah. If you I, yeah, and actually I would like to talk about that because it's, it's very interesting. See, here's the deal. Um, you know, for first of all, people who they don't know my history, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But uh, you know, I'll I'll just let people know that first of all, I was sexually abused. You know, as a child, 
And, and I think that's important to understand because it explains a lot about the rest of my life and how I've come to view things. And, because, and it's partly because of sexual abuse, but partly because, you know, I'm asexual and I have a view of, of life that this world is full of suffering and so it's good not to, for people not to have sex so that they don't reproduce and have children who will suffer, not to mention grow up to be carnists who will continue to pay for the murder of animals. And so that's the thing is that because of my background and from the way I view the world already, I'm, I'm like very extreme about the celibacy. Uh, just as much as you, if not possibly even more, maybe, just because of how I view things. And it's because of that that I find it rather interesting. See, I've been having this, this testicle pain for months, and I've been trying to get medical help, and, I've been, and you know, I was researching things that could be wrong with testicles, and for a long time I was, I was afraid I might have testicular cancer, and, and the thing is, um, I, it turns out that I don't have testicular cancer, but I'm st- I still don't have a diagnosis of what's wrong. I still ha- uh, have scheduled for an appointment about that, see a urologist. And what's interesting, though, is one of my friends, um, he actually said, you know, maybe there's like a connection between, you know, this problem you're having and, you know, um, the way you are already, because the thing is, I'm already a person who has rejected, uh, rejected sexuality. I've rejected maleness, and I've and I've had horrible gender dysphoria and, hor- and just you know really a hatred for my own body. And now I I you know I just wonder, and I don't know for sure if that's the case, but there could be a connection. It could just be that my own emotions and my own feelings for my body have turned my body against me in a weird sort of way. And so it's a, it's a very interesting thing because, you know, I'm healthy in just about every other way, it seems, because, you know, I, I have a fairly healthy vegan diet and I'm, and I'm nice and strong and I can do a lot of things, but I'm just having this problem and the thing is, uh, and a lot of people don't understand this, Monique, but, but I think the people who listen to a show about veganism and celibacy will understand this. But someday, I actually do plan, to one way or another, to have my testicles removed. And part of the reason for this is because, uh, first of all, the, you know, the, the, there's the physical pain and there's also the trauma and memories of the sexual abuse that it triggers every time that I see that and when I have those spontaneous erections. And, what's, and another thing, and this is very important for pet owners, like people sometimes debate about whether people should get their dogs or cats, you know, spayed or neutered, that sort of thing. And yet, because of my own issue that I've been having, I've been trying to research that. I've been trying to research like that, well, is it good or bad health-wise for people to do that? And so I've, and I've been thinking about it, and I, and I thought, wait a minute, people, they literally do, 
and people do this for millions of dogs and cats, they will re they surgically remove the testes and the ovaries, and they do that for them, but nobody ever considers doing that to humans. And it's very strange because even though it would make perfect sense from for, in several different ways, and, you know, it prevents diseases that may pop up later, the primary reason people never do this is because they're sexual people. They want to have sex. And so in a sort of a way, they are doing something to these other animals that they would not be willing to have done to them. And so it's almost like a, a violation of the golden rules. Am I making sense? I'm listening to you, but I have some feedback for what you're saying. I don't agree completely, but I'm listening and understanding. Yeah, and, and okay, I'll just finish what I'm saying, and then I'll, I'll let you reply. Um, yeah, see, but what I'm just saying is that I feel that people, they really need to find their own answer to these questions. And, like, particularly, I want to make sure that the same standards that people apply to, you know, animals, the other animals, are the same standards they apply to humans. And people, they may agree or disagree with the various things I'm saying, and yet I think for me I have found the answer of what I think is right, what I, what I would do for a pet, and what I would do for myself if given the chance. So I think that's that's about it, and I know you may you have lots to say, so I'll let you continue. Well, um, you were saying to me earlier when we were prepping the show that you read that uh, eunuchs, which me, which are people that do not have their testicles anymore, live longer lives. You told that to me. Yes, that's right. I actually was reading because I was searching up things about eunuchs, and I was reading. It was um, it was a study about it, I believe, and they mentioned that there were writings from like the third century BC. It was either AD or BC. All I know, it was a long time ago, and mm -hmm. apparently. The way what was happening in the culture back then is there were like these kings and these other wealthy people, and they they had you know they had of course and these people they had wives and concubines that sort of thing, and so they wanted they wanted people to be their servants they wanted men to be their servants and stuff, but they were concerned about having men that might have sex with their women so to speak. And so in order, so what they had to do is, in order to be the servants of these people, these people had to be castrated so that they would not reproduce. And yet, because of that, because that was a way to make a living in those days, that was a way to have a job, not to mention be, have food and shelter, because if you were a servant of the king, you know, you were living there, you were eating food, you know, and as opposed to being, you know, homeless and starving somewhere. And because that was a very good deal at the time, a lot of men willingly were castrated. And back then, that would have been painful because, you know, they didn't have modern 
surgical means like we have in 20th and 21st century. So as painful as it was, there were men who willingly did this. And what was interesting is not only were they living longer than the men who had not been castrated, they also never went bald. Because you may have heard of male pattern baldness. It's actually caused by an excess type of testosterone. And so those who are castrated, they don't go bald, which is very interesting. Well, I will tell you something, and I know that people are going to get mad at me here, but I'm going to say my observation anyway. Men that are, are going bald, like they have the baldness in the center of their head, and or they've, like, they've shaved it off completely because that's happening, or because their hair is receding, I've noticed on the whole that those guys are the more sexually aggressive guys and have been, like, not the nicest of guys. If I was to, you know, if I was to evaluate all the men I've ever had interactions with, I would say that those were the ones, the ones who were losing their hair, or completely bald, that were the most aggressive towards me. And I don't, I don't like the look, like, of someone going, receding. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't like that. But I'm just saying that I kind of feel like I don't know if it's because of their personality and then their, their hormone level goes up because that's the way they act. Or if they just happen to have more testosterone than men that don't have that don't have that problem, but I will say that I I've experienced that. And, yeah. um, and it's interesting, Monique, because sure, sure, it may sound offensive to a lot of bald people out there, but at the same time, there's actually a science behind why that might be true. Because the more to because you I'm sure you've you've heard or read this about how men who you know have more testosterone are more sexual and how testosterone is linked to people's sex drive and all that and what's very interesting about that is that there that has actually been figured out in other ways for example if um, if you've ever done any uh, research any reading on on like transgender people, for instance, mm-hmm. their sexual orientation even can change when their hormone levels are are altered by medication, and that and that really shows you something. There's really something about how people's behavior is affected by their hormone levels. And I also there was something else, and I actually I, I got to mention this one because this is important. Now, I, um, I follow Bite Size Vegan. You're probably familiar with Bite Size Vegan. Uh, she has oh. a YouTube, YouTube No, I channel. don't know. Nope, I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah Bite Size Vegan. The, the woman's name is Emily, but her, channel, her YouTube channel is Bite Size Vegan, and she even has a blog and everything. But here's what's interesting. She, she, was actually, she actually had a doctor that she was interviewing on one of her videos and they were talking about some very useful information. And it was, it was related to, you know, there's like this myth that men will, like, um, be all weak and lose their, 
their masculinity if they go vegan and and there's all the all these things you know like people say well I won't go vegan because soy causes men to grow boobs or whatever. You know, people say a lot of these things, but actually a lot of these things that people believe this doctor was saying, that's not actually actually true. Um, and it, it was, there was a lot of information they shared, and I, I don't remember, I don't want to mention it all because I would probably get some of it wrong. But one thing that I found interesting that they mentioned is men who had who had sex, with women, they, that caused their testosterone to go up. Yeah, but, I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you read that. Um, but those who masturbated did not get an increase in testosterone. Hmm. And there could be some sort of connection there because think about it. Um, over, like, somebody like me who never has sex, even though I might occasionally masturbate, my testosterone level never gets the same boost that other men who are married and they're having sex constantly. And what you'll notice is that those men are going bald, and I have a really full head of hair. There's, there's something, there are some differences, and so while the hormone levels affect behavior, the behavior also affects the hormone levels, and so there's like a weird connection thing going both ways. And I find that information, you know, fascinating, but at the same time a little scary. Hmm. Um, you do have a nice head of hair, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, this is really interesting, and I'm so glad that you're telling me because there is a product on the market called Kabuki. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And it's like this powder that you put on your hair. It, it's different colors. Like it, it'll fit the color of your hair. And so it'll fill in wherever the baldness is happening so that it looks like it's a full head of hair. I mean, this isn't for someone that's, like, completely, like, shaved their head. This is for someone with patches of baldness. And some years ago, I put on there that men should take care of their health more and get, and get massages to their heads from their girlfriend. I put something like that. I said... Um, you know, because you're not, you know, taking care of yourself, this is why it's happening, and, I, you know, I, I don't like the look. I might have even have said yuck. I, I know that it's a little bit, uh, well, it's a little bit mm, insensitive maybe, but the fact is it's not happening much now, but, some years ago, I recall, like, obese guys or balding guys, like, they'd have a problem with a woman that was a little chunky, you know? Not oh, even yeah, not even overweight, but just chunky, you know? And they, like, say things about her when them themselves are not looking so, you know, so so 
spicy, for lack of a better word. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I was thinking about that, and it was getting me a little bit upset. And also, as I said, I truly feel that the men who have been more aggressive towards me and harassing me, uh, you know, in my life, one in particular, most of them have had baldness. And, um, and so I put that, and then someone said to me, you're so shallow. I think he even may have used the B word. But anyway, I, I, I was thinking of taking down the comment because, you know, I mean, there must be some people that really can't help it. Like maybe their life is just like so stressful. But I really feel that a lot of it is how they – is because they don't take care of themselves. They're eating all junk, animal products. And then um, uh, there's the, and this, the sexual things. I didn't put the sexual thing. But anyway, I left it off there. Oh, but I did put, I said, unless it's from an illness, you know, or you were born with, like, some sort of a, you know, a disability that, that's making this. I did put that because I'm sure that there's some people, you know, that, that this does not apply to. And, and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to insinuate that it's everybody, but I would say on the majority, it's and, – and, and now let me tell you something. Now I felt a little bit bad because if people hear this, you might want to comment. And I hope that you'll comment and – try to help me instead of making negative comments because I've just been telling you the truth of, of what's been happening. But um, I, my hair has thinned out. The hair sa- salons used to say, oh, you have such thick hair. And now they say, oh, your hair is so fine. I think that there's two things that might be happening for me. Of course, I'm not a male. Um, one was stress. Um, I noticed my pillows weren't that great. My neck was kind of like hurting for a while whenever I like would wake up. The second thing is it's possible because I'm not getting enough of the right nutrients, which, you know, really bothered me like to, to think about it because there's no way that I want to go back to animal products so that I could have more hair. But in talking and in researching, it may be because I'm not getting enough calcium. Um, it may be because, well, I think, I think calcium would probably be the main issue because there's protein in everything. It's possible it's protein. Um, and I, so I started taking calcium and iron, and it seems to, it doesn't seem like a lot is coming out now. So. I, I think it might be different for females. I think as you get older, your hair might thin, but I think it's, you know, like I said with the men, I think a lot of times it's nutrients. So. Yeah, it's interesting. And let's, let's face it, you know, um, the majority of people in general are not healthy. You know, I mean, and first of all, you know, even though, even, you know, we vegans could always do a better job at making our diets healthy, when compared to the population in general, you have to realize, like, vegans, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but, like, 
I know that the majority of people are not vegan and they are eating animal products. And so I don't even know if whether someone's vegan or not would have anything to do with baldness specifically. I don't think so. But, yeah, I mean, like in your case, it could be a thing about stress or it could be a lack of a certain nutrient. So it's hard, it's hard to know. But in any case, I don't think it's testosterone levels. And the reason I say that is that because even if, even though both men and women have some level of testosterone, the, the thing is, one of the sure ways you can, you can guess that somebody has low testosterone is a lack of a sex drive because that's one of the main things. It's like so closely connected with, um, with the sex drive, the testosterone, everything I've read and heard, they, they all say that. But what, one thing that's very interesting is a lot of people, they associate, um, they associate testosterone levels with, you know, strong muscles. And I can see why they might think that, but I think there's a whole lot more to the story there. First of all, um, you know, as far as having strong muscles, I, as, as, as my, I personally, I was not very strong I, until I went vegan. And then, because I was eating properly, then my muscle strength improved so much, and I'm stronger now um, when I'm 31 than I was when I was 18, 19, 20. You know, and the thing is, testosterone levels are actually supposedly, like, the highest when you're in your teens and early 20s. So, um, so if testosterone uh, was such as had a lot to, was required for muscular strength, then how would you explain, like, these much, much older uh, people, both men and women, who can build muscle when they have the right diet and exercise? So it's really more about the diet and exercise, and what I think is going on also, and this is just a guess, but you have all these men who are working out trying to become bodybuilders because they think it makes them sexually attractive to women, and first of all, I don't know whether that's true or not, but that probably has a lot to do with it, is that you have men who have high testosterone and have a high sex drive, and, they're, and those are the men more likely to have bigger muscles because they're working out like crazy trying to impress ladies. So that's another thing that could be happening. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, something just clicked with me regarding the testosterone levels for women. Yes, we women um, do have some testosterone in us. That's why many times as women get older, they, uh, their upper lip becomes thicker with, like, hair, you know. I mean, you've seen elderly ladies, you know, with a mustache if they yeah. don't um, bleach it or pluck it. Also, when women are under more stress, their testosterone levels do go up as far as I know. You know, because they're acting more like men. You know, women who have more um, male tendencies, like, you know, or their work, you know. So I'm thinking what might have happened is the stress caused testosterone levels to go up, and then my hair is falling out more than 
um, a, a deficiency because I can tell you, Chandler, you know my Facebook page, and you know that I've talked to you about healthy things. I'm as yeah. healthy as I, as I can be. Yes, I slip here and there. I like my vegan junk food here and there. But mainly, I'm like 60 70% raw. I'm practically trying to do all organic now since all these lawsuits are coming out with Monsanto killing people. Um, you know, I don't want to eat food with chemicals sprayed in or injected into it. So, you know, that's, that's not to say, though, that I'm like, I still could be lacking something. You know, sometimes even if you're eating healthy, you might not be, you might not be eating enough of the right thing, enough of the right, you know, vitamins. So it could be that. It could be a combination. But, um, but, yeah, so this testosterone thing that you brought up today, really interesting. I, I also want to say that me, as a female, what I'm attracted to on a man is, um, is really not, uh, it has never been like a big man, like any sort of bodybuilder kind of thing. That really doesn't attract me at all. In fact, I kind of like... I don't want to say repulsed, but somewhat. I mean, if the person is nice, okay. Like, I know a vegan bodybuilder, and he's cute, like, you know, and he's, like, nice. But it's like, am I – what my eye goes to is someone who's actually slim, has some definition, but that's it. Like, I don't like these big guys. And I notice that the, the more – men get older and the worse that they eat, usually the older they get, the worse that they look because of how they eat. That's really the truth. And, um, and I don't like that at all. You know, it's like, as a female, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't categorize myself as a supermodel, but, you know, I'm, I'm fairly good looking. A lot of it has to do with how I take care of myself. Sometimes I look better than others. But, yeah, but, well, you know, yeah, and, and here's the thing. I mean, since we're on the topic, um, let's just say that for for a woman in their 40s, you're pretty good looking. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Yeah, if that makes you feel any better so you're not just bragging about how good you look, I'll brag about how good you look, if that makes sense. Well, thank you. I was going to yeah, keep my... Huh? Yeah, and you and you want to know what's really funny, and this is this is funny but a little sad at the same time. But I actually have uh, this this situation happening where you know every now and then there will be some girl who has a crush on me, and this happens because you un- first of all you understand that like I work in a grocery store. There's a there's a lot of these younger employees both both, you know, boys and girls, teenagers, people in their yeah. early 20s. And so every now and then there will be some, one of the female employees that gets a, a crush on me and, they, and you can just tell that they, they like me. And the thing is, and, 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 you know, and then sometimes people say, well, it's because I'm so good looking. And I think there's a combination. I think it's because I'm a nice person, but I think that also 
yeah, I am pretty good looking. I don't, I mean, I don't look like a 31-year-old. I look much younger, people tell me. They, they think I'm a teenager. So, you, so and then these, these girls, they find out, whoa, Chandler's an old man. They didn't know I was an old man because I'm too good looking. But then they find out, like, whoa, and they're disappointed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Until they get into their mid-20s, and then, I don't know. It, it depends on the person. Some people like older, some people like younger, some people like the same age. But it is, it's true, though, I will say, this, there is truth to it scientifically that um, people that are attractive like to have a partner that is also attractive. I mean, they're, they're, they are drawn to other attractive people. And, um, you know, in our society, we don't always see that because, you know, take, uh, take Mr. Trump and his wife. Now, she is a supermodel. I mean, she's very pretty physically. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about her. There's a softness to her, but the things that she allows to happen is uh, just... Uh, well, you know, but um, like there's there's a situation where more than likely, if he didn't have the billion or billion whatever he has that he had, she wouldn't be with him. More than likely, okay. So there's uh, a case where I think it's that a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah. why else would somebody be with Trump? And I yeah. mean, it's not they wouldn't. I mean, it's not like somebody would be with him for his personality, and certainly no. not his looks. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been a lot of women who have gone with unattractive guys because a lot of times unattractive guys are nicer to women because they know that they don't have the physical so they can get them with the personality. I am so sorry to say this, but this <laughs> has been the truth in the past. I know this. Yeah, you're laughing, but I mean now... Oh, I, know, I know it sounds... I, I, Monique, I know this sounds funny, but I and it, but it's really quite amusing. But here's the thing: what I understand what you're saying here, because a lot of people are going to take some of the things we've said and they're going to take it as offensive. But I don't think they should take offense at it. It's just an observation we've made based on the things we've seen people do before, you know. And sometimes there's, there's a connection. And we're not trying to stereotype bald people. We're not trying to stereotype people of a certain age range or a certain nationality. That's not what we're doing, just to make that clear to our audience. But yeah. sometimes there tends to be a trend, and there's certain things like that. So anyway, continue. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you're saying that because I really um, – I really do not like to be discriminatory at all because I have been totally discriminated in my life. And most people have, actually. Anyone who's in the minority for something, um, you know, has been discriminated against and bullied. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I've had men tell this to me, okay, that, you know, men have said that a lot of times the nicer men are that way because they don't, their their looks are kind of like off, I'm sorry to say. Now, there are people that have both, you know, they're physically attractive and their their personality is very nice as well. You happen to be one of them, you know. And I think that, I think as we roll along, as we evolve, especially with this Me Too movement and, 
you know, with women becoming equal, I think that there's less men that are trying to just get women, um, you know, for the, for the, in bed. Like, I feel that, I feel that there is more respect for women in that way. We're not just like sex objects anymore. Unfortunately, there is still sexual assault, you know, that, that's been coming to the brim. And, and a lot of that I think also has to do when it comes to the younger men doing it, I think a lot of it is because of pornography. Now, some would de- debate that, but when you see, like, the hardcore stuff that they show on the net, you know, I mean, men, like, having their their organ ejaculate on women's faces and, like, you know, the violent kind of things with S&M. I'm sorry, but, like, people see that and they kind of want to replicate that in their own lives, you know. They yeah. want to do... Yeah, that that's it. I mean, maybe it prevents rape in in some ways, you know, but in other ways, I think it promotes it. And there was just a surgeon and his girlfriend that were um, drugging women, random women at bars, taking them home and raping them. A surgeon, mind you, and they were in their 30s. So, you know, it's still going on. But all in all, I do feel that um, we are getting more respect. I think men are like, not all, but some are taking to our position, the Me Too movement. And um, I think that there are more men that are more into their health these days, too. I mean, there are more men that are becoming plant-based. Before, it was like, it was all women. I mean, I could say this because it was 2006 when I became vegan. And it was mostly women. Now there are more men. Not as many, of course, but there are more. Um, um, see, because I really should get going soon, but I do oh. want to say I do want to say this, and that there are so many men who are afraid to go vegan for a few reasons. First of all, the culture gives this gives us people this idea that eating meat is manly and that hunting and fishing is manly. And so basically everything that's violent and everything that's wrong is basically manly. And so a lot of them are afraid of what, you know, other people will think of them if they go vegan because it is associated with with something that women do, you know. And so that's why there's not more vegan men than there would be otherwise because it's not – considered at this time in society, it's just not considered a a thing that men should do, and that's really, really sad, but, and the the ironic thing about it, Monique, is that, well, in case you haven't noticed, I'm not exactly trying to be masculine. After all, I was just talking about wanting to have my balls removed, so (laughs) that tells you something. (laughs) Well, I find men attracted who are less aggressive, you know, they're plant-based, and um, I, I, I just think that this helps with overall attractiveness. I mean, yes, to an extent, there there is genetics, but I'm going to have to say that, like, I really feel that the package is there if people, for, for men that are more, like, morally, um, uh, more morally, you know, adept. I don't know what the word is. And, and 
and and yeah, so I I find myself gravitating to towards that, and many times um, they're more handsome. So be it. Whereas the other ones that are trying to do like this bodybuilding, like to impress, and um, I mean it's it's fine to exercise. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to do bodybuilding to enter contests you know, so be it. That's fine. Like, I mean, you should be able to do the sport that you choose. And there, I love it how somebody, you know, the vegan bodybuilders, they're like, they're showing the non-vegan bodybuilders like, hey, like we look just as good as you, if not better, because a lot of times their muscles actually look more natural and defined. I've noticed that. It's the truth. Um, and so, so, but, but yeah, like I just feel that like people that are more sexually aggressive, they tend to be um, losing their hair, overweight, you know, miserable. It's like, I don't know. Like that's just the way it is for some reason. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and you know, this is this is kind of an interesting topic. But if people who listen to this to this podcast, it's important for them to realize that yeah, you might be asexual and you might be celibate but you can still find certain people to be more or less better looking because there's actually not really that much connection between people being good looking and sex. People think that there is because people associate um, being good looking with being, meaning that people want to have sex with you. And basically the way it works is that it doesn't matter how good looking somebody is, I'm still not having sex with them. Same here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, I've, tol- I've totally been there with handsome guys who've left because I wouldn't do that, you know? And it's really, it's really upsetting to me. And quite frankly, like, I would like to have a little relationship with someone that I find physically attractive, but they also have to be plant-based, compassionate, um, you know, they have to have, like, substance to them, you know. So it doesn't matter how good-looking a person is. If you don't have, like, those other ingredients that are way more important, for me, no way. And, look, again, I am no supermodel. I'm not. But, you know, I I do my best, my best with what I have. Um the whole and I do uh, there is there is something called aesthetic aesthetically attractive or aesthetic aesthetic like I would consider myself a hetero romantic um sapio aesthetic asexual because sapio means for the brain you know I if if there's no again I'm I'm repeating myself if there's no intelligence there and I don't mean that you need to be on an Einstein level I mean there's and there's different types of intelligence there's emotional intelligence there's academic intelligence there's even street smart intelligence of you or like practical intelligence there has to be something like there that is moral and makes sense and like you're on a higher level like that's I am I'm attracted to that and 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 I don't think that it's wrong for me to say that some people might you know people are going to get upset because again 
I'm like, I'm throwing labels out there. But really, when people are on dating sites, they put labels, they put filters on what they're looking for. And trust me, I've been filtered out a lot, I'm sure. You know, people put, people put the race they're looking for, the, the height, the weight, the eye color, the, the hair color. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm sorry that this is the way it is. But, know. you know, yeah, there is some truth to it. What? Well, you know, isn't that just weird? I mean, and, and here's something to consider, Monique. Now, although, you know, of course, first of all, it's sad that people, that that's, that, that that's like their primary thing and that when they look for somebody to have a relationship with, that their looks are the most important thing. But at the same time, isn't it interesting how that, first of all, what one person may find uh, to be attractive physically is something that somebody else thinks, no, I don't like that. I like something that's totally the opposite of that. It's just so weird. It's like, you know, th- th- there's somebody who likes tall people. There's somebody who likes short people. There's somebody who likes skinny. There's somebody who likes fat. There's somebody who likes black. There's somebody who likes white. It's just weird how that is. And so what, what really it gets down to is it's not a reliable guide because there is no objective the objectivity to beauty. It's just like a a silly thing, you know, the way that you're raised in your culture to think it's it's something attractive. And so people find that true beauty is on the inside. And even though we may have these biases and think that certain people are better looking than others, you know, we really, the the smart people learn to overcome that. That's right. And I was, the way I was raised, it was more, um, I guess, not even, like, acceptable, but just, like, um, like, oh, gosh, what, how can I put this? Just more kind of the better thing if, you know, if, if like, you would marry your own race. And that would be for anyone, you know, like, and it wouldn't just be for the two people. It would be, be because if they had children, then they would be mixed, and then those children wouldn't, like, know what culture they belong to because we still have discrimination now, you know. It's, it's definitely gotten better. And, in fact, mixed is the end thing, <laughs> to be, like, half Caucasian and half black. That's, like, the, you know, as an actor, I can tell you that right now that, there are casting notices, and they're always looking for mixed ethnicities, always, always. And I can kind of say that I am because I, I'm half Southern Italian, which means that I'm sure I have some African in me because, well, I know that I do because my, um, my grandfather was from the island of Lanzarote, and that was part of Africa. So, but I, what I'm trying to say is, you know, people of certain – Cultures and colors would stay like the same. That's just that would be best for them. And I, you know, I would like to for myself. I wanted to be like dating interracially, but I gotta say that as time has gone on, and we had this, we had this talk before the show. Um, there are quite a number of black men that I feel 
are more humble than Caucasian men where I like their personalities better and therefore I'm like attracted to that, you know? Um, and it, 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 it's, it's sad like how this has happened because, you know, and I, and I don't want to, and I know that you have to go, but I, I think that this should be discussed since, since we're like talking about this. I don't want to say that Caucasian men are bad. You're Caucasian and you're great. But, but there has been a certain privilege, and, and it hasn't even been to, like, Caucasian women so much, because as far as I'm concerned, women have always had it tougher, okay? I mean, Caucasian women have had it better than black women. They have. They have. I mean, but still, like, we've all had it, like, not the best, okay? The Me Too movement is all colors, all cultures. But the Caucasian men, except for the fact that they've had to go into war, not so bad, you know. They've usually triumphed it, it um, amongst everybody. And I think some of, their, some of the attitudes are very privileged and very kind of like uppity and like not, not understanding of how it is to be discriminated upon. And I think maybe that's what, I could see like in someone that's humble. I think a lot of times people who are humble, there's a reason for that because yeah. I think part of that comes from pain. I really do. Not all the time, but I think a lot of times it does. Just like yourself, you were talking about how you've experienced um, trauma in the past. And that yeah. allowed you to see, you know, like that, the harm that could be encroached upon any living creature. And that's led you to become celibate and vegan. And, 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 and so, yeah, so I think that anybody who's had um, suffering in their lives, you know, they're more humbled and they're looking out more for their fellow human, their fellow animal. Now, not everyone. Some people take it a different way, and they become really nasty people, you know, and then they're going to be better than everyone, and they're, you know, and that, that's a shame, but there are people like that. Just like I said, people who have been sexually abused, some people become, you know, they don't want to date at all, and then some people, like, they're, they're in bed with everyone. I just saw... A film, I can't remember the title, but it was great. The, um, the name, there, Nina is in the title, Nina, N-I-N-A. And basically she was sexually abused by her dad from age 12 to 17. And she, she can't have like a real relationship because she doesn't want to get too close. And they don't really address it in there. They don't really like say it. But... I picked it up that she's always sleeping with people, like, you know, the first, like, date or whatnot. And, and this is true of people. So you know, we've, we've talked a lot about psychology in this, and, and in this episode, and I really think that it's been good, Chandler, because I think people can get to know us better. Because, again, some people think that we're only, cel you know, celibate people, have, they must have been abused, and that's why they're celibate. And we're telling you that, yes, we have experienced some abuse. Many people have. 
But I, for one, can tell you that I am not celibate because of that. I really believe in it. And you, too. Yeah, totally. See, I don't, I can't see, I really don't think that, like, really, I mean, I agree with, agree with you on this topic so much and it's really good because we had a good time. You know, we had a good time when we used to record the show together, and I'm glad I was able to join you today, you know, because it was, it was actually a very good talk. I feel like we shared a lot of important information, you know, and we, expl- we very clarified why we're celibate, you know, because I think that's important. I mean, and as far as why we're vegan, hopefully people are catching on to why people are vegan. Hopefully we won't have to explain that all the time. But if anybody calls in, we'll gladly explain that to them if they really don't understand veganism. But hopefully people are Google searching about all the good, all the ethical, health, and environmental reasons why people are going vegan. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I was saying, like, I've been, I've been celibate on the celibate mind frame since my late 20s because before then I was just abstinent because I thought that I would do this within marriage, you know. So I do want to tell people that it's never been because of some sort of abuse. Like, I've always felt that. The celibacy thing is the next level because I figured if I waited for so long, you know, I, I think celibacy is safer. I really feel, you know, and this is where people start getting upset, but I really feel sexual relations were invented by the source, um, you know, to procreate. I mean, some people are like, oh, no, some animals, they do it for fun, too, or whatnot. Yeah, that's true, but like, ultimately it is for procreation. And, you know, in this day and age, you don't even need to do that because there's intro fertilization if you really want to. And who the heck knows? Maybe someday babies will be um, your friend. Um, one of your friends talks about this often, and I think you've agreed with him, in order not to hurt the female, that the babies would actually be produced outside of the womb. I don't know what to think of like that. I mean, I, I guess it is, like, healthier to the woman for sure. It doesn't, well, like, allow that bond, but, yeah, I mean, from a physical interesting, see, because I agreed with him that that would be better than the way things currently are, and yet my whole thing is I'm like, well, considering the way humans are, I kind of would be glad if the human race went extinct. Well, I agree with you, too, and that doesn't mean that Chandler and I are suicidal because we actually really, like, care for humans and animals, but we want to care for those who are already here. You know, we don't think that we need to keep making more and more and more. And, yes, I mean, if you see a child, I don't know about you, but Chandler, you tell me. I mean, if you see a baby... Yes, there's cute, and there's something to be said about young energy, you know, as a, compared to, like, older energy, but at the same time, you know, if we just stopped having babies right now, and, like, let's say the youngest people were, well, let's just say that we were the youngest people. Let's say nobody be, were below us, you know, like, like I mean, that that's pretty, like, cool, and we could just keep going on with their goals and whatnot, and there'd be, I really feel there'd be, like, more resources, and there'd be more time for, um, for, for like, inventing things and whatnot, because I gotta say, like, young people, even though some of them turn out to, like, have really great ideas and whatnot, 
they take a lot of time up from older people in every which way. Even if you're not yeah. a parent, you have to train them. Um, and I'm not just saying for work. I mean, for yeah. I mean, how many young people? Uh, they just they kind of like they don't exactly know what they're doing. You know, I mean, they they they're they they're causing trouble with not e without even knowing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why no. they have to go to school for goodness sake. Yeah, and see, here's the thing about it is, you know, like, because really, because, you know, the thing is, the way I feel is, like, there's nothing wrong with if everybody just stop procreating. Then that would just mean the rest of us live out, live out our lives and do do the best we can. And then, like, it, that's the thing is there's nothing wrong with it. There, I don't know why people have this idea stuck in their head that they have to continue the human race. And I don't, I don't see why it's a big, it's a big deal. I mean, think about this: the dinosaurs are now extinct. But do you think it, the that the dinosaurs, when they did were alive, do you think that they bothered them that they might eventually go extinct? No, I don't see what's the big deal. Why is it such a bad thing? Especially when you consider what humans are doing, since the majority of humans are carnists and what they're doing to these other animals. That's partly why I feel so strongly, and that's the thing is that it's partly because um, sexual relations, um, heterosexual relations, yeah. results in procreation. That's why, quite honestly, um, I would rather be gay that, and, and do stuff with some of the same sex because it wouldn't result in procreation than do something with the opposite sex because I'm against procreation because that means producing more humans who murder other animals. So it's a weird thing. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, but I, I, I really want to address, I know that you have to go, but you said about um, that someday you think you're going to take your, um, your testicles, like an operation. I, I just got to say a couple things to that. Number one, um, what I under, from what I understand is like, the horm hormones are taken, and then they just, like, fold up. I don't know anything about cutting them off. I talked to a transgender, and he said that you could bleed to death. So um, I gave you information on that. So, um, but, but also you were saying about how the body parts, like the sex parts, if they were taken off, it might be all the better. Well, I understand what you're saying because what you read from the eunuchs living longer, and uh -huh. I understand that, like, women, they'll get breast cancer, which a lot, a lot of times it's from animal products. Um, yeah. It's also because, unfortunately, the bras have, like, constricted what's supposed to be let loose. Okay, our lymph nodes are supposed to be let loose, not constricted. Also, um, there shouldn't be metal wiring in the bras because that attracts, uh, like, radiation and whatnot. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate what they've done to women. That's why I joked with you the other day. You said if I had a female name, it would be blah, blah, blah. If you want to share with it, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. I actually have a, a female name that I, I've picked out for myself, Chastity White Rose. And, and what I told you, go ahead. 
Yeah, it, it's really funny because there's actually a whole big meaning to that about how chastity is a synonym for celibacy, yet it's also a girl's name. And the white rose is a flower that represents virginity and purity and celibacy and all that, which is so yes. funny. So that's why, like, the, right, the white rose, it, it, that flower has sort of become a symbol that I like to think of and use. So it's well, kind of cool. Just, yeah, that's why that's why women wear a white dress because of in in the wedding for their bride because traditionally speaking they were virgins so the white was pure. Now I know that there's a lot of black people that are trying to um in and 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 they're right to do this because it's not fair to them. You know, I mean, it's not fair to say that white is pure and black is not. You know, we've really like labeled things well, it's it's been based on tradition and religion, but anyway, I, we can't get into that right now. But um, uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, we'll have to do more shows on this. But I just thought it was, yeah, it, it was just kind of a kind of a funny thing, you know, because I because I like the idea of a name that actually means celibacy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, well, I joked with you. I joked with him, and I said, that's Chastity White Rose. That sounds like a topless dancer. And it really uh, does, you know, like candy or, you uh, know, Cindy. That's stuff. not even the half of it. I have a friend who came up with a name for himself. He came up with a female name for himself, uh, named himself Sarah Rachel Shinespark. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a dancer, but anyway, um, and then I and, then I, and I said to Chandler, and you know, I got to tell you, there's been something in me for a long time. I think that pole dancing is like artistic, not like the sleazy, you know, like sexual kind of stuff, but like I think that there's a real like grace and art to it, and. For, like, some time, I thought to myself, it would just be nice to, like, bear all and not have to worry about being, like, sexualized, but, like, looking at the beauty at the art. And, unfortunately, that's not what's done. And that's why, like, I can't just, like, walk around as I please. Don't get me – I actually think that people with clothes look more attractive than people – Without clothes, actually, if if you I agree ever there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Like in some instances, it's like you don't want to have to always cover up because you don't know what somebody's thinking, and that that's why I said that. And um, I was I've been walking around, uh, as you know, we did the show, and nobody can see me, so nobody knows what I'm like. You know, I'm looking, but let's just say that if I came to the door. I wouldn't be considered decent. But yet the fact of the matter is, like, I feel so free. And, like, right now we're talking and, it, you know, it's just, it's just a freeing feeling to, you know, to be in your birthday suit. Well, well, <laughs> and, oh, Monique, it's, uh, this is why it's so great I'm talking to you on the phone because I had no idea you were naked. <laughs> <laughs> Now everybody knows, and it's very hot right now in Southern California too. So yeah, well, this is this has been a very personal episode, hasn't it? <laughs> it has, but 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 ending this um this show 
and and then I just have to rattle off some of the laws that have been passed. I'm not going to get into them, but I'm going to say congratulations. But you, when you said to remove these um, these body parts of the reproductive organs, you know, they do do that for women. A lot of African, the Muslim countries, they um, they take away their you know their private part, and that's not a good thing. I forget what that's right. called. Yeah. So well, it- in any case, here's here's an important thing: is it should not be done with against the person's will. It should not be done like that. Obviously, anyway, it has to be for a good reason, not like religious fundamentalist Islamic reasoning, for example. That's that that is messed up. But that's for another show. I really need to go. I need to take a shower. I need to get ready for bed and all that. But you can finish up the show after I'm off, can't you? Oh, yes, I will. I will rattle off the laws. Thank you so much, Chandler. It's been great to have you uh, on again, my former co-host and today's co-host, and hope to have you on future shows. Yeah, thanks for having me, Monique. Have a good night. Bye. Okay, ciao and vegan ciao. Bye-bye. All right, that was was really great. so, yeah, so, but what I wanted to tell Chandler, I mean, it was really interesting what he was going to say, what he was saying about how the reproductive organs, they do, they do cause a, gosh, a lot of people health, health grief. Um, I did have someone before say, if you don't get pregnant, that's bad for your ovaries. I don't know. I, I think that's debatable, but, um, you know, I don't know. I myself want everything to to stay as is unless, you know, it's, you know, there is like a real big problem with it. I feel that it's if it's put in me, it should stay there. <laughs> if it's natural, it should stay there. But you are less likely to have a problem as far as I'm concerned if you maintain, uh, you know, celibacy, a purity, okay? Hmm. <clears throat> You know, there's even, like, acid reactions that have happen within intercourse. So, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, Chandler, I mean, that's the way he feels, but I myself want all my body parts to stay, but just take good care of them. And that means other people not interfering. And that is why... Uh, a lot of, I really feel like a lot of women feel this way. They just don't talk about it. You know, a lot of women, um, you know, like the, the skin around the the private part, it's stretched and whatnot, and a lot of that comes with pregnancy too. But it's just, <sighs> I we we just really wish that more people would, talk about this and really experience the freedom and the health benefits of being celibate, even within marriage. And again, we're not talking about, you know, not hugging, not kissing, not snuggling. Um, You know, it's just, it's, it's the things that there's some sort of, um, there could be like, you know, some sort of like violent reaction, for lack of a better word. Really, there really is, if you think about it, if you look at it in that way. Tampering. Let's just put it that way. Tampering. Uh, okay, let's get to the laws that have been passed. I am so thankful that this has been happening in California. 
And one of the reasons that it, um, some of them have been is because of Judy Mancuso, who uh, was one of our guests in a former episode, which you could find on YouTube. And Judy created, uh, it's an organization called Social uh, Legislation. Compassion and Social Legislation or Social Legislation. Oh, geez, I don't have the, gosh, I forget the title, but it's something like Social Compassion and Legislation, something like that. And uh, she was behind getting the bill to pass and become, it's going to become law now because it was signed off by Governor Jerry Brown of California that no cosmetic products will be able to be tested on animals if they are bought or sold in California. And this is amazing because, I mean, there are so many makeup lines and hair lines that are tested on animals, and they just do horrific things to the animals. I mean, bunnies having stick pins in their eyes, like to, to keep their eyes open. I guess maybe they test, you know, makeup around the eyes. It's just just awful and if you don't believe me you can look this up on youtube and see these horrific videos so if you're from a different state i would urge you to call your representative to start a bill like this say california has it we should too and before you know it hopefully the whole united states will become like this europe already has been this way for several years so we're Slow to compassion on on this angle. Um, we are actually faster in compassion for the vegan thing, but not for testing on animals. Um, also, want to thank Governor Jerry Brown for signing uh, the bill, making it law that all schools, prisons, and um, hospitals will have to offer vegetarian meals and I think that Judy Mancuso might have been behind it as well I'm almost positive but not sure on that um, you can look up who did that and then there is um, another uh, it's proposition 12 in California it's going to be voted upon November 2018 on election day I don't know what day that is but it's always the first Tuesday in November and please vote yes on prop 12 in California because this will make uh, most farm animals cage free you know prop to the um, the proposition that was against farm animal cruelty that made it such that all animals had to have enough space to sit, stand, lie down, and spread their limbs or wings, but they could still be caged. And also, since that law has become into has come into effect, there's been some issues because there's been some there there are some farms where they allow them to have like the space to sit or stand, but really not to have much more room. You know, they're in crowded one-room spaces. They can hardly move. 
it hasn't been the greatest. There's been some improvements because of the law, but not completely. So this is going to help even more, get the cages away from the animals, especially the gestation crates for the pigs. They can't, they can't barely move. And the, um, the crates for the chickens, the egg-laying hens. So uh, please vote yes on Prop 12. And that, um, huh, who's part of that? Uh, well, the Humane Society of California is part of that and some other organizations as well. They were part of um, the Prop 2, which I'm happy to say I got, I think it was like 110 signatures. Um, I helped out with getting that on the ballot. You need something like, oh, something like 450,000 signatures to get uh, a ballot on the California um, uh, election ballot, but um, although I helped with something else and they only needed, I think it was around 250,000, so I'm not really sure how that works, but I remember we had to get 600,000 because some of them would be duplicates or mistakes, uh, so we wanted to allow for that, and it was about 450,000 ballot signatures that we needed in the end. And I did help with that, and I helped with that because when I saw those videos of how the chickens were just killed, um, alive, no sedation, well, it was just awful, and I wanted to give my energy towards that. Unfortunately, I've, I've become much in debt. A lot of it has been from my acting, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, time and resources that have to go towards that, but a lot has also been activism and life, you know, some life circumstances, and I can't do as much activism anymore, but when I can, I will, and as far as the show is concerned, this is my, this is part of the activism and posting on Facebook, of course, you know, letting people know what's going on, help the environment, help the animals, help yourself, um, there's a couple other things that are really interesting. Uh, they may be giving marijuana to lobsters um, before dropping them in boiling water because, you know, fish have feelings, okay? This, this is just horrible what's done to animals. It really, really is. They shouldn't be exploited like this, but until we can stop it, until it's stopped, you know, unfortunately, lobsters, they're going to be killed and at least uh, do it humanely, you know. I mean, I don't think killing is humane, but at least where they're not feeling so much pain because they're, they have the THC in them. I think what they do is they put it in the water, um, the THC in the water for the lobsters. And then there was another thing that was really interesting. I don't know what to think about this. I don't think this is so nice because this is testing on animals, but it, it's really interesting. There was an experiment on octopuses. They gave ecstasy to the octopuses, and they would hug each other. <laughs> Can you imagine being hugged by, like, eight tentacles? Wow. But, yeah, there again, like, it's like we know that, 
ecstasy makes people more lovey-dovey, but it also can contribute to Parkinson's disease, and it could kill you. So it's like enough with the testing on animals for drugs when we know that it's drugs aren't good for people. Like man-made drugs, they have toxins, they have other side effects. So I don't know, but... I hope that the octopuses were okay once they came off the high, but all I can say is I'm glad they were hugging each other. And with that, I give all of you a big, big hug. I appreciate you listening to me and anything that sounded like, whoa, like you're talking about looks and uh, this and that. Like, I just hope that you understand this is stuff that I observe, stuff that I've heard, and we're putting it out there. We're putting it out there for education. We're putting it out there because people don't discuss this. And most importantly, we are putting out celibacy and veganism for the compassion of you and the earth and the animals. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you'll tune in to our October 2018 show. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. If you're celibate and vegan, that would be awesome. Um, we have a special phone number now that we'll be utilizing for call-ins. And if you're in the United States, that number is 515-604-9924. Uh, put a one in front of it, one five one five six zero four nine nine two four, and then you have to press seven eight nine three three six pound. Again, that's seven eight nine three three six pound. Um, it's a free call, and our calls are recorded so that we could put them out there on the internet. We also have sixty seven phone numbers for countries where it would be free for you to call. Um, they go from A to U. Uh, and so those numbers are, um, they are on our Sell the Vegan Voices CBB Code Facebook group page. Um, I don't think I could get them all on the, uh, on the show details, but, um, you should be able to find them. So maybe I'll try to put them up on one of the YouTube descriptions. And I believe that there was one more thing that I had to tell everybody. Well, we're going to try to do our shows on Sundays. Um, sometimes we're looking to possibly have a potluck, a vegan, pot, vegan and raw vegan potluck, a Marina Del Rey. We don't have a time frame yet, but we are looking to have them um, on Sundays, Pacific Standard Time. So for you Europeans that are listening, I'll try to have it such that it's not too late into the night because I know a lot of you make comments on the celibate uh, groups, the vegan groups, and it would be nice to include you. I know there's a lot of folks from India that have commented wonderfully as well, um, some people from Africa, and uh, we'd like to hear from everyone. We know that there are people everywhere that think this way, but, you know, we're not the majority, so it's been suppressed, and we'd like it to become the majority, and we at least would like it to be accepted, because it's 
holistic. It's logical as far as I'm concerned. It's spiritual. So that's why we're speaking out. Thank you again so much. This has been the Celibate Vegan Voices, the CVV Code. I am Monique Lukens. You have a blessed month.